This podcast is brought to you by Michael Bengay Steiner, the author of a new book entitled The Advice Trap. Be humble, stay curious, and change the way you lead forever. Please join Michael and myself on podcast number 777, where we speak about the benefits of controlling your advice monster and learning how to be a better leader by listening with more empathy, mindfulness, and humility, with the net effect being a more empowered and engaged workforce. If you want to learn more about Michael and his new book, go to mbs.works or you can find out more about his corporate training by visiting www.boxofcrayons.com. We hope you enjoy podcast number 777 with author Michael Bengay Steiner about his new book, The Advice Trap. Thanks for listening and enjoy this interview. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voice and the host of Inside Personal Growth. I have on the line with me Kathy Kirk joining us outside of Akron, Ohio. Kathy, good day to you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you, Greg? Wonderful. And it's a pleasure having you on the show. And to give our listeners a little bit of context, I always thank them, number one, because without them, there would be no podcast show. Uh, Number two, we're in the midst of a pandemic here in the United States. Um, We're at the end of March, beginning April here tomorrow. And we still have this uh, social distancing order in place and lockdown everywhere. And I thought having Kathy Kirk on the phone, who has a website um, around applied spirituality, and for all of my listeners, you can get there at appliedspirituality.com. Uh, to learn more would be to be uplifting and let's give some people some understanding about from a spiritual perspective uh, what this COVID-19 and this thing means. But Kathy, I'm going to let the listeners know a tad bit about you. Kathy has led an extraordinary life becoming a conscious bridge uh, with a strong science background in nursing and pre-med. And in every activity and context, Kathy's focus is observing the human spirit, the energy within that we all have, interface in the mind-body, its application, its effect on the individual's life in order to understand how we naturally create our physical reality so we can then apply it deliberately and intentionally. Kathy is the author of two books, each one online, which you can get at AppliedSpirituality.com. The first one's called The Earthling's Quick Guide Start, Master Operating Your Unit on Earth and Well Done is the other book, A Story of Applied Spirituality. She is the host of New View of Life Radio and has interviewed the greatest minds and hearts of our times, endeavoring to bring the mainstream new thought and higher perspectives in every aspect of life, science, health, and wellness, parenting, relationships, government, and business, encouraging people to let go of what they think they know about everything in order to recreate the world anew. Uh, Kathy is a graduate of Cornell University with a bachelor's degree in hotel and restaurant management, but began her education at Ohio State University and nursing and later switched to pre-med. If you want to get more information about Kathy, as I said, go to AppliedSpirituality.com. And there you will learn more about her. She also said, if you want to reach out after this podcast, 
You can uh, reach her at Kath, K-A-T-H, at AppliedSpirituality.com. Well, Kathy, let's give our listeners a little bit of perspective here. When you and I talked prior to this podcast, I think that the whole idea of applied spirituality is interesting, but I'll bet you a lot of our listeners don't really know what it means. So for the listeners, can you explain what you're referring to as applied spirituality? Um, within the entire world universe is um, an elegant intelligence. You, know, you can look out and see it. If you cut your hand, it heals. If you eat food, it gets digested. How does it know to do that? That's that in, innate intelligence that runs through everything. Some call it God. I don't care what you call it but that you acknowledge it. It is everything and it abounds everywhere. Now, to get results in this life, we have to actually internalize it and use it and apply it into our everyday lives, i.e. the coronavirus is a really good example. So if I go a little further with that, the coronavirus is also an elegant part of this universe. And it's purposeful. It's always purposeful. So what's the silver lining in all of this? Um, I won't go there at this moment, but it's vast. And mm. so so oh. speaking of that, you know, we're the times are really volatile. We have uncertain times financially. We have people out of work. Over 3.2 million people applied for unemployment last week. Uh, we've got uh, down uh, markets tremendously. And I'm not trying to point out all the bad, but I think to look at the darkness that serves the light, um, we need to give that duality, that perspective. And so because of this and COVID-19, from a spiritual perspective, what is your perspective on what is happening in the world? And how can you help our listeners kind of cope with it better using applied spirituality? The entire reason for the COVID virus is to unite us with our innate intelligence, our Godship within, our soul, our I am presence, to go within beyond words and thoughts and connect with the divinity within. This is hand in hand, hand in glove with the ascension of humanity and the ascension of the planet from third, fourth dimension, which is human ego mind into 5D, five-dimensional consciousness, which is unity, oneness, um, and nothing other than God, which is where we started out in the Garden of Eden until we created the human ego mind and we all descended into the third, fourth-dimensional human ego linear mind, which is where most people are creating from at this point. So if you're in duality, you're in human ego mind. And it's not surprising. And what dimension is that? If you could, can you kind of define, Kathy, for the listeners, those various dimensions briefly? I think it would give some perspective. I mean, I understand the ego and the soul, where we're coming from. And I have a a couple of questions about our soul and listening to our soul and following its guidance. But those dimensions, if you're going to use uh, those dimensions, lines, and levels um, 
I know that it's a great way to explain it, but it'd be a great way for the listeners to understand it better, a little more deeply. Okay. So Earth has been firmly planted in third, fourth dimension. So third dimension is kind of pretty low on the vibrational rate. And it's linear, so there's past, present, and future. There's duality, either or, um, black and white, whatever. So if, you th- if you're thinking still in terms of bad and good, like this virus is bad or good, you're struggling in third, fourth dimensional duality thinking, and that's okay. It's a, it, wherever you are is fine. It's for your awareness to understand that your job now is to ascend into fifth-dimensional Christed consciousness of unity and oneness, where there is nothing other than God. And that's where we began in the Garden of Eden um, all those millennia ago, and then we fell. And that was, we, we were in the Garden of Eden where everything was there, everything. It was the fulfillment of life. And then we created something other than God, and we were booted out. And we've been outside of paradise, quote-unquote, heaven, uh, oneness ever since then. The, the, the common belief is there's something other than God. There is not. Even the physical Mm -hmm. form is within God. So the higher you raise your dimension, which is by raising your vibrational frequency, if you go back and learn from a lot of this I just picked up early on, I was listening to Abraham Hicks, and they were talking about um, the emotional scale. You know, at the bottom of the scale is hatred and separation and at the top of the scale is oneness in knowing. So you're moving out of the thinking mind into the feeling mind. And that's how you know how your soul or your I am presence is speaking to you by how it feels. So do you feel joy? Do you feel laughter? Do you feel excitement? Or are you tied up in fear? If you're in fear, you're, You've slid back down into linear thinking, into human ego mind thinking, and we're leaving that behind collectively. Kathy, what do you what do you specifically do or help people? How do you help people become more aligned with that so they don't forget who truly they are in that oneness with God, in that oneness with the universal spirit? Um, because I think when you're besieged at these times, these tough times, um, that inner, the energy levels that you're making reference to, the vibrational levels which we attune to, that we want to go to, you know, Ken Wilbur refers to lines and levels. Where, how can people sustain that during challenging times like this? What are some of the things that they could apply themselves to do? Well, first of all, if you're moving from third, fourth dimension into fifth, which we all are, it is a practice of every moment. It's not something you, like a Band-Aid, you put on your skin or you change your thinking. If you change your thinking, like you catch yourself in an either-or statement, a bad or good statement, 
that's good. Your awareness has grown because now you're aware that you said that, but you can't shift it just by thinking about it. You have to move into the experience of it. So frequent meditation. Now, meditation is very different in fifth dimension than it is in third and fourth. On YouTube, you're going to find a lot of guided meditations, lots of talking, lots of music, and that's for your ego mind to be entertained. When you're truly meditating, you're meditating in the silence, in the deep stillness. And that's it. You are just allowing. You, you've sort of relaxed all your defenses and you're wide open to receive the vibrations, the energies of God. The quickest way for me, the way I came to it, I loved being outside in nature. I, mm-hmm. I was always out in nature. In nature, is always in fifth dimension. So, if you look out there, how do, how do, I'm in Ohio, so um, we're just coming out of winter into spring. How does it know? How do the daffodils know to bloom? How how do any of the uh, plants here, trees, birds? Uh, the swallows go back to Capistrano in California and the buzzards return to Hinkley Lake in Ohio. How do they know? Um, there is an innate intelligence that weaves through everything. And that's what we disowned way back when. So we're going back home where we were. And you already know this in your knowing. Um, but you have to do it every moment of every day until you feel fully stabilized in fifth dimension. Then then it's well, okay to look then it would be all right to look over and see what the human minds are doing. But I wouldn't look over what what's on mainstream media. I wouldn't look into anything that's being broadcast because the human mind corrupts the purity of God consciousness. Well, I think that's a, a a definitely profound statement, but people are somehow, whatever energy level they're vibrating at, um, they're, they're could still be affected by it. But I love your ideas about deep meditation or going into nature or taking a walk at these times. Or um, you even mentioned in your books, you know, just how are you eating during these times too? I don't think we need to consume as much. Uh, most people aren't doing as much. But you know, you make a reference to the spiritual world and the physical world. How would you recommend that we are, as, as the Bible said, let me just use this term, of the world, but not in the world. Um, I think many people find themselves Catholic, immersed deep in it. The ego is driving it. Yes, um, exactly. They don't know what it's like to be. They don't know what it's like to be of the world. So, can you comment on that, if you would? I think that might be a great well, place for I our listeners the, to get I some I think the quote is, "You're in the world, but not of it." I think that's the correct yes. quote. So we're oh, all I'm in sorry. a. <laughs> that's all right. We're all in a three D body, a third dimensional body, and that's not going to change. As a matter of fact, this ascension of our consciousness into 5D will be accomplished in this 3D body, and it's never been done before. So I'm pretty eager to see how this happens. But then if you look at the trees and you see them lose their leaves in the fall and 
get their buds in the spring, they're already in a 3D world and living a 5D consciousness. So we do have an example. And most of the animals are that haven't been um, entrained, let's say, by human minds, you know. Um, so, it's all around you. Know, you. If, you look, if you look, there's really no separation between the physical world and the, the 5D world. There's no, there's no real separation except in our mind. The mind stands in the way. So what we're going to do as we ascend is diminish the human ego mind, clear out wrong beliefs, false beliefs, and allow room for the soul, the I am presence, to expand in the body and be, let's say, the pilot in the driver's seat. Right now, the ego mind is in the driver's seat, and the soul has to go along. But I'll tell you, when you do that, when you follow your ego mind and you're making the soul follow, it doesn't feel good. You have a separation going between you and God, and that's what mm -hmm. we're doing. So always you can tell by how you feel. That's, an, uh, that's a built-in barometer of where you are on, on the scale of things. The more joy you feel, the more in alignment with the innate intelligence of God you are so well so. it is it, it is something that um look in the physical world versus the spiritual world um you know you talk about cosmology as well but you also speak about ascension and you mm -hmm. just mentioned it and i think mm -hmm. for some of our listeners uh, they might know the definition of the word ascension but ascension as it relates to spirituality to me ascension is going into so what is it and why should people during these times be interested in knowing more about ascension? You, you know, you wrote a blog entry called The Ascension Process in the 21st Century. Speak with the listeners about this ascension process to the fifth dimension, which is what you're talking about. And what let it try and let us get our hands around it, if you would. Maybe that's a better way to frame that question. Okay, ascension is what I call a new view of life. It's just a higher perspective. So we're moving from human perspective to God perspective. That's what's going on. But we will be anchored there. We won't be sliding back down into third, fourth dimension. We're going through those right now by all the angst everybody's seeing. The reason the coronavirus is... Uh, upsetting so many is because they believe that's all they are is this physical body and this human mind. And you're way more than that. So we're going to diminish the ego mind, see ourselves as spirit in a form. And that's, well, actually, that's what Jesus did. That's what Buddha did. That's what Krishna did. It's It's not a new thing. It's just the it's never been emphasized or talked about or maybe even understood in modern day religion. Even Christianity mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't follow that uh, understanding of vibration and source, which brings me back into science. Well, science let me be a bit controversial. Let me be a bit controversial here, maybe, but 
in Christianity and in Catholicism and in many religions, not spirituality, um, many of those religions are meant to control. Absolutely. You wouldn't want too many people to ascend if right. you're trying to control them. And, exactly you know, right. that's the same thing about this coronavirus, that we had so many controls around us, we're beginning to see many of these structures that will crumble and reform. Those structures were control mechanisms as well. Exactly. Um, so I see, a, I see a great awakening. That's right. I mean, uh, sometimes it's referred to as the black hats or the Illuminati. Uh, there are many people in the dark side there, yep. you know, there's theories about this that the one percent want to control the rest of us so that they put this virus out there so they could collapse the economic system to have more control over the masses. Right. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not here to really create a controversy or a commentary about that. But let's speak about the Illuminati, the black cats, the dark forces, whatever people want to refer to it as, as. Uh, trying to control what it is we're doing. Can you make reference to that and give us some perspective? Absolutely. Um, Earth, Earth is a, a planet of such beauty and vast resources in cosmology, in the galaxy. So now you've helped us move out into space where it's still all God. <laughs> it's like none of that's there by accident. I mean, do you ever ask yourself, how come the planets aren't bumping into each other? They're not. You know, this is this is that web of perfection that is everything. And in science, I call it the quantum field. In the quantum field, it's just God. But if you don't know you're there and you have set up um, separation, then you're going to operate from the human ego mind, which is where they have wanted to keep us. They want to control that. And, um, yeah, I, I can't honestly tell you why somebody wants that control. I mean, we've all come through it. Um, we've all been in third dimension. We've lived many lives. And I'm sure in some of them we have wanted the control, even if it just shows up with control over your family or control at work or whatever, that's, that's a remnant of, of that thinking that's service to self. So we're moving. But into isn't control, isn't control, Kathy, the opposite. I mean, you know, people say all there is is love and fear. And I think when fear abounds, People try and control. Look at them. I mean, they go in the grocery stores now and they hoard toilet paper and uh, they try and get paper towels and they they're doing all kinds of weird things that are kind of unexplainable, but all out of fear. Well, right. that well, fear to fear get something to control because they they feel like they're out of control right now. All psychologists will tell you that you know there's a lot of this a bit going on because people can't predict the future and that's a bad place for them to be right right but they can't get their hands around that right but the truth of the matter is you can create from 5d which is oneness with god um and control your your world 
I mean, many people right now, including myself, have no fear of the coronavirus. So how can that be? How can that be? If you just ponder that question, then something's got to start bubbling up from your knowing because at the center of everyone is this same Godship. So we all know at some level we are one. And why someone would want control over another, I I can't answer that. To me, it's too much responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I don't know what's best for you. You don't know what's best for me, but I do and you do. So why not be self-responsible with a capital S, which denotes your God self, your divinity. Mm -hmm. Why not become self-responsible and rely on your divinity within to guide your every step and your every move for your highest good? And no one is exempt from that. So it's not like some people have a godship and some people don't. No, they all do. They just have chosen to ignore it or build a wall between it or whatever. Um, so they can't hear it or they don't follow it. Or they're ruled by greed. Um, my guess is that this current uh, situation on Earth is from from the dark side is they want our resources. and. They mm-hmm. think they have to control us to steal it. So, um, but there's always a way for them to have what they need if they would look at a new view of life. It's a higher perspective. So, and that's in consciousness. Well, I think if if it is the dark side and they do it through instilling this fear, mm-hmm. one thing we know is it's very hard to have manifest love. And and you know what always comes up for me, Kathy, is in any uh, any religion, um, any many of them, not all of them, maybe not Buddhism is not much, but surrender, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we're talking about letting go here. Mm-hmm. People need to let go to actually experience the other side and what it feels like. Right. Um, what would you tell people about surrender because just the word surrender sometimes hey you know they don't people don't want to accept that they don't want to give up um, okay. they'd rather fight i'd like to use a, a metaphor um a visual okay. so you can imagine this so imagine you're climbing mount everest and mm-hmm. you're at base camp and base camp represents third dimension and you have your huge backpack on and it's loaded with stuff and you also have those ropes that tether you to um, anchors along the way so as you're climbing as you're ascending um, you're you're dumping out the power bars and you're dumping out the non-essentials and your pack's getting lighter but at some point up this climb of ascension, you reach a place where you can't get any higher because your rope is tethered to to some pinion or something on earth, right? You just, the more you tug, the more stuck you are. What that represents in, in real life is you're stuck with a belief system that is not true and it's holding you back. It's what you believe. It's where you're vibrating. 
So you have to let go of what you believe is true for what is truth if you want to move up. Now, when you're going through um, surrender, it's the same. It's the same thing. You're surrendering these untrue beliefs, things you've been taught and steeped in all your physical life on Earth and third dimension. You're you're surrendering third dimensional belief systems to fifth dimensional truth, capital T. So you're freeing yourself. You're surrendering your human ego mind to your divinity. Wow, that's very powerful. I think it's a it's a great analogy used about climbing up Mount Everest and being tied to a piton below. Um, that you do have to let go. You have to pull that piton out to make it to the top. Yep. And that brings me to this question around listening to soul's calling. Um, you know, you speak about it in some of your blogs. And, and how do you define what our soul is, number one? And more importantly, how would you tell people to follow it, but without the fear? I mean, because if they're going to follow their soul's calling – Good chances are they're going to have to do the same thing we just talked about. They're going to have to let go. Absolutely. Um, Everyone's and journey. What? Yeah. yeah. Define our soul's calling for us. And for, more importantly, I, you know, I wrote a book on intuition and getting in touch with the soul and listening to it. It's a fine tune. It's like fine tuning into the right radio station so that it's not fussy, fuzzy, right? Absolutely. Yep, and, yep. And then hearing it and discerning that that's really your soul and it isn't just the ego talking to you. What what do you how would you help people really kind of discern what the soul is saying versus what the ego is telling us to do because I think there's a lot of confusion there. You know, uh, a week ago I I was railing at God, you know, over something, you know, probably something that I couldn't figure out where it was in my body, mind, spirit in so that I could release it and uh let it reintegrate. And um, I, th- I think I was asking, I'm like, so how do I know if you're speaking? I was asking the same question, you know, because it's silence. Joel Goldsmith is an author that I, I think I read everything that he's ever published. Um, he calls it the still small voice. And you meditate in the deep silence. So we're going into an area of our beingness that we're not familiar with. It's a new view. So I'm meditating later and I find myself taking a deep breath, you know, big cleansing breath and I relax to my core, right? And then I hear somewhere in my beingness, I hear, see that deep peace? That's oneness with God you know, when you feel good. And that's what I was explaining before about Abraham Hicks' work. They talk about the emotional scale. How good do you feel? The higher you go into God, the more good you feel. It's it's a, good is a disguised word for God. And most people don't like the word God. We've grown up in, in I don't, I'd say the past three or four generations we go to church, we go through all of the 
antics of it, but we never feel it. No one ever talks about it. It's something we do for show for the other people on planet Earth, but we haven't really made that shift within. This is a consciousness shift within. And the way you know your soul is speaking, it feels good. Well, it I'm sure it feels good, and I'm sure that that's where our listeners, most of them today, would love to spend more time. As you said, when you ascend to this fifth dimension, it it becomes your life versus you going and yes. coming, right? It's yes, not like, okay, I'm opening in, the door. Yeah, you, I don't just open the breathe. door today and, right, right, right. And no, have your you being in God. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think what happens is I think some people get um, a taste of it. Then for some reason, they go back through the third, fourth dimension into the fifth dimension and then back again. For you, what was your personal experience with that? Oh How did this work for you to ascend to that? You know, you can shorten the story, but at least let our listeners know, you know, look, this path to get there isn't normally an overnight process. No, it's no. a no, lot no. of testing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of to get to there to be able to do that. What would you say are some of the key points? So you walk through the door and you stay on the other side and you close out those other dimensions. Well, there's so many aspects to this ascension process. And of course, there's no uh, radio station or television station or website that you can go to to. Uh, get counseling or, you know, see if you're tracking properly. And that's, you start to understand how the human mind has infiltrated everything. The human mind will try to usurp anything you're doing and make no mistake, it will try to usurp um, your ascension process and try to explain it to you. But let me go back to my, my journey. I think my journey probably started in my teens, maybe. Um, that's a really good question. Usually, it starts with what I call a cosmic two-by-four. You know, you have some event happen in this world that doesn't feel good. Um, I know I ended up eloping, and, um, of course, my human ego mind chose my quote unquote beloved and I was off on a journey of despair, you know. So with everything, I just kept coming up against these cosmic two by fours, like this is awful, you know. And at some point I just sat down and I said, I can't control him. I can't control the world. That's clear. What do I have control over? And that's began the process, I think, because I was aware that I had to let go of any control of anything external to me. So now if I turn inward, what can I control? Well, I can control what I'm focusing on. Can I tro- control what it, how I feel about it? Possibly after I've done some work, but not immediately. And then I I got into the, somebody else was writing about emotional intelligence. 
that's the same teachings that Abraham Hicks was talking about. So how bad does it feel? And then Abraham said, you believe something that's not true. Well, that was like a real clue. Okay, so what do I believe? My entire life was being led the way everyone else believed it should be led, not necessarily the way I wanted to live it. So, you know, in this world, we grow up, we go to college, we get married, we have children. That's the way it's, quote unquote, supposed to be done. But who said that? That's the human ego mind. Mm-hmm. That the, Even the right. concept of marriage isn't, I mean, that's a human concept. I'm not sure where it came from. So, and then all the rules around that. I mean, it's layer upon layer upon layer of misperception in human rules. And that every single one of them, as you go to look at it and try to release it or love it back into oneness, and get come to neutrality with that. Like if I thought I had to be married, which I did. I mean, that was just a common belief. Once I realized it was okay to be not married, now I'm neutral on it. It doesn't matter what anybody does, if they're married or not. In fact, I would probably say explore both sides of that. Um, We're here for the experience of everything. And mm-hmm. God doesn't have any opinion upon it. You know, he's just neutral. So when you come back to neutral and you're looking through God's eyes, you can see no harm in either one. You're, yeah, you don't, God basically is not making any judgments about you. No, I mean, no. many religions will get you to believe that he's very judgmental. And if you do something, you're damned. Uh, but no, God is a loving God, accepting God. We understand that. That is the that is it, it, in our estimation. Whoever's listening to this, they could disagree. They may not say that's the truth for them, because I really think it comes down to the big T and the little T. What is the truth? Right. Um, right. It's your truth, and you know, as you uh, you look at your authentic self, because that's really what we're talking about: allowing this authentic self to come out. Um, right. For it not and to be you're, masked, you're, the layers right. of onion skin that's on it, right? Um, right. And you're you're just saying for you the the ascension to the fifth dimension was peeling back all these layers of this onion to really understand who the authentic self was, who the true spirit was, who the true exactly. soul was within Kathy, to exactly. be able to walk to that other side free free to freedom to walk to the other side without any bounds of anything else. And I think for our listeners, Kathy, I think, you know, that's the best place to leave them because I think they can contact you. Cause like you said, there is no website for this. There is no place where people particularly can go. There are lots of books written on this concept, but if you really want to talk to somebody, I would recommend that they come to you uh, to get some perspective here on this, um, go to uh, Kathy's website, which is, again, AppliedSpirituality.com. There you can learn more about Kathy. You also can contact her, as I said before. Um, uh, it's Kath at AppliedSpirituality.com. Um, that's how you can reach her. Um, and you can set up a time to meet with her and speak with her about the things that we've talked about today 
and how they might apply to you. Kathy, if you were going to put a ribbon around this whole thing and sum it up for our listeners, what would you want to leave the listeners with today um, about applied spirituality, about ascension, and about this confusing time that we're living in? Well, you're going to use everything that you are looking at in this physical world that triggers you. If you're fearful or whatever, whatever makes you uh, have a strong reaction, you have a trigger. So you're believing something that is not true in God's eyes. So we're really coming home to God's truth, God's oneness. And I honestly don't think you're going to find it in religion. Religion might be stair steps to a certain point where you're going to have to depart from them because they don't, they're not looking for what you're looking and that's okay. Everybody's on their own timeline. Um, <laughs> I didn't get all of this for a long time. I mean, I piecemealed this together and what I what I know now is when I'm at peace, literally, when I feel <sighs> I can take that deep breath and everything's good, whether it's cloudy, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, or I'm on the freeway and it's ice, all of that, when I achieve that oneness, in it's a feeling state within myself. I'm in within God and we are aligned in oneness. No harm come nigh my dwelling place at that point. And I have proof after proof of that. Just the other day, um, I was driving to get um, goat milk from a farmer and I was futzing with my cell phone. And at one point I happened to look up, this is the way the human would describe it, Something said, look up, and I looked up, and I was barreling down on the car in front of me that had was at a full stop. It had braked, and so I had time to brake and avoid a big crash. That might not look like anything to you, but to me, that was my divinity speaking, and it showed me, you know, it's not time for you to leave, so, you know, you might want to look up and hit the brakes. That happens a thousand times a day if you're looking for those things. But most of us well, aren't it's, looking. It's creating awareness. I think as you enter these uh, various dimensions and realms, your awareness becomes greater and greater. Um, meditation is one way to get greater levels of awareness. Mindfulness practices create better ways of awareness. Being in nature creates that awareness. And the awareness, true, to listen to that soul with inside, that calling that's listening to you. And the mm-hmm. voice does talk back. It doesn't always talk back, but you, with the times that it does, it's giving you deep, deep uh, levels of understanding. And Kathy, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, giving my listeners some perspective about applied spirituality, how they can bring this into their life. Uh, for all my listeners, uh, we've been on with Kathy Kirk. Uh, Kathy has a website that we're going to direct in the blog called AppliedSpirituality.com. There at her website, you can also get the Earthlings Quick Start Guide and another book called Well Done. You can be, download those from her website. 
Kathy, pleasure having you on Insight Personal Growth and speaking with the listeners today. I really appreciate this conversation and especially at this particular time. Uh, namaste to you. Oh, thank you very much, Greg, for the opportunity to help people, support them, and bring them home to oneness. And thanks for your podcast. This is just an amazing journey. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you.